0: Hello, this is Pastor Moe, senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. All right, well, we continue with part three today of our series, Questions That Need Answering. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm not answering all the questions that you have, just specific key ones that we're looking at to help us in understanding what it is. Uh, If you'll see up on the screen here, these are the last three Sundays, the last three questions that we ask. Who do you think you are? Finding our identity in Christ. Remember, we talked about how we are God's masterpieces created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So who are we? We're God's masterpiece. So therefore, we are created by God. Second week, we looked at, are you going to answer that? It's about Moses and his call to respond to God's uh, call in his life. So week one was God created us. Second week, he called us. Last week, we looked at the commission. About what are you doing? We have a task to do. More than just say we're Christians, we're supposed to live like Christians and act like Christians and do the work that God has for us. So that's sort of what we looked at, the, uh, call, the created, created, called, and commissioned. Well, today we're going to look at the question, do you know where you are going? Now, uh, I'm sure you may get to answer that a lot on some road trips, but uh, uh, we're primarily talking about. Uh, heaven. Now, Uh, do you know where you're going? Are you sure of your salvation? And you'll see it's subtitled, Blessed Assurance, as we think about that. As I was going through this week, uh, I came across a little article about Dr. Albert Einstein. Many of you are familiar with him years ago, a famous uh, physicist, a theorist. Well, as brilliant he was, he was rather absent-minded too. You've heard the absent-minded professor, he sort of epitomized that. Well, he lived in New Jersey uh, and taught at Princeton, Uh, and and so the people understood that, they kind of looked out for him, you know, in case he kind of lost his way. Well, he got on a train one day and sat down, and the conductor came by, and and he was looking in his pocket and all over the place and everything, and and he just kind of looked, I don't have a ticket. And the conductor says, Dr. Einstein, I know who who you are. Everybody knows who you are. I know you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. So he went on and collected tickets, and as he was turning back around, he looked back, and there was Einstein on his knees under the, uh, the uh, pew and under the chairs looking for everything feverishly. And the conductor ran back to him. He says, Dr. Einstein, don't worry about it. I know who you are. And he looked up. He said, young man, I know who I am too. The problem is I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so he needed a ticket to know where he was going. I hope you know where you're going. Many of you do, but today's message, every once in a while I like to kind of just pull it back to a more salvation evangelism message, particularly every Sunday I talk about it, but to to make sure that you're sure, that you have this blessed assurance. Tony Evans, uh, a well-known pastor uh, in Texas, came up with the the, uh, acrostic ADD, no, not the ADD you're thinking about, but assurance deficit disorder. That too many Christians don't have assurance. Too many people don't have assurance of their salvation, and that lack of assurance, that lack of blessed assurance, can create within you a little bit of a uh, unstable foundation. That you say, well. Yeah, maybe I'm saved, maybe I'm not, maybe my family, maybe this and that. You know, I hope so. A lot of times, especially in, in this area of the, of the country, you ask people, are they are they going to heaven? They say, I hope so. You know, I, I'm planning on it. But, you know, the scriptures are sure and, uh, and definite on that. Listen to just a couple of them here. Romans 8. I don't have these in your uh, insert, but if you want to write the reference down, you can look them up uh, and keep them. But Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As Paul talked about he is persuaded, he's confident of that. And then in 2 Timothy 1.12 it says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed until that day. And then this morning I came across this one in my morning devotion, so I added it in, Hebrews 7.27. Therefore, he, talking about Christ, is able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. You see, we can be assured. We can be persuaded. We can be confident. We, we can have that understanding. We can have that blessed assurance that we sing about in the old hymn. These words, confidence, assured, persuaded, certain, are those words that you can use in your salvation, in your life, when you talk to other people, when people question, are, are, are you confident in that? Or if you feel like, well, I've, I've sinned today and I lost, you know, I lost and i got to get rebaptized, there's some denominations that if you sin greatly, you have to be rebaptized because you get lost again. You know, I believe the Bible teaches very clearly that we can know, we can be assured. Now, taking the opposite approach of that, a lot of Christians you know, we've talked about this on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Those of you who missed out on Sunday night and Wednesday night, we get down to some real, you know, sticky wickets of, of talking and sharing and about this thing is, is that I don't know if you know this or not. If you believe what I'm saying, what I believe as Baptists we believe, that once you truly accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he saves you and you're born again, that is permanent. You cannot lose that. Now, you can wander away and you can get out of fellowship, but you are secure in that. But I don't know if you know this, but that is the minority opinion among most Christians. Now, all Baptists, or most all Baptists, and some non-denominational and and some Bible church groups believe that. But the other major religions, they don't preach that you can be 100% sure. They They can say, follow these rules, and more than likely you'll get there, and this is how you do it. But you see, God does the saving through Jesus Christ. He's done the work. We receive that. He seals us. Now, we cannot, though, we, we still need to listen to what the other people are saying. Because sometimes, some people can say, well, I'm saved. I can just do whatever I want to do. I can just go out and live it up, you know. It's always easier to ask forgiveness than permission, and I'll go for it. That's counteractive to what God wants for us. He's created us, called us, and commissioned us to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And that's where we, we must focus. Now, this Blessed Assurance, uh, I'm going to set the stage here. I want us to, to, to sing one verse of this old hymn. This is sort of a foretaste of glory to God and to say this is about the end of the service. I want you to be able to, to say this and say this with confidence. But let's, let's just sing through it one time. Ready?
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Air of salvation, purchase of God. In his blood, this is my story. This is my song,
0: praising
1: my Savior. Savior,
0: all the day long, amen. I hope that you can sing that with assurance, and if not, by the end of this service, the next 15, 20 minutes, that you can stand up and and be assured of that, so that you can then walk out of this place with the confidence of knowing that you are created, called, and commissioned to be a reflection of Jesus Christ, that God dwells within you, that the Holy Spirit lives within you, and he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Luke 23, 43 says, Assuredly, I say to you, Jesus is saying this to the thief on the cross, you will be today with me in paradise. John 6, 47 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. In 1 Thessalonians, For the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So this confidence that we have, this assurance, helps us to live a life of confidence, not of fear. You see, God doesn't want us to love him, obey him, and follow his rules just because we're scared he's going to zap us every time we do something wrong. Now, he can zap you if he wants to. And you can complain all day long, but he's going to zap you whenever he wants to. But that's not the point. The point is God loves you, he's created you, he's called you, and he wants you to live the best that you can. And the best plan is to follow the designer's plan. Somebody designs and creates something, they have the best plan for it. God designed and created us. But it's up to us to decide that we're going to do that today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the day after that, continuously surrendering and letting his spirit come into ours. So that blessed assurance that I want you to have today and be confident with, so that you can know, you can help your family, your co-workers and neighbors and people that you run into, help them know that they can be confident. That they're not just sitting, waiting to say, well, I hope I'll make it through. You can know. And then you can live victoriously, because that's what God wants from us. Now, as we think about this, how, how to know where we're going, and going to heaven, there's some, a very fundamental concept. Jesus, when he spoke to a man named Nicodemus, you remember I, told, I, I preached a sermon on the story of Nicodemus a couple of months back. He told Nicodemus, it says, you know, Nicodemus was asking about, how can I know, have eternal life, and... You know, how can I have the kingdom of God? And Jesus said very simply, you must be what? Born again. So the foundation here is today. Now, some of this is very basic today, and that's okay. Sometimes we just need to get basics. And sometimes we can go deeper and and higher, whatever. But today I want to just really get down to the foundation. Are you born again? Don't, look, don't worry about somebody else right now, but are you born again? Or have you accepted Christ? And so this born, if you're born, many of you may have some birthmarks when you are born. Well, spiritually, there are some birthmarks. So I want to briefly go through uh, some of these as we, uh, I think my clicker is off. Uh, uh, Travis, if you'll take me to the next slide, it's not working right. Okay, the birthmark. Of confession, of change, compassion, conflict, and conduct. And we're going to zip through these pretty quickly, so hang on there because they they kind of flow together. But the first one is the birthmark of confession. Now, each one of these has, as you'll notice in your insert, a passage from 1 John. John, the apostle, is the apostle of assurance. He's one of the ones that gives us the most scriptures. In 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, but also in the Gospel of John. Because remember, I introduced the, 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 you know, the passage, John 3, you must be born again. So John has this consistent throughout his teaching and his ministry. And if you remember, he was the youngest of disciples and he lived to the longest and oldest in the 90s. So he had a long time to develop this idea. And he was able to live those 80, 90 years out of confidence and assurance and able to give his life at the end he knew where he was going. 1 John 5, 1 gives us uh, briefly about this birthmark of confession. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, jumping back to John chapter 5, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. This concept here of belief and another passage in John 3.36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe does not have life. So this idea of belief. Confession. Now, when you think of confession, it says, Yeah, I stole the cookies from the cookie jar. You know, some of you may think that's a confession. Uh, as long it's always not my cookies. It's okay. But that's, that's not necessarily, you know, that, that's one thing. It, it is confession. But the word confess. If you break it into, is Latin "con" means with or to agree with something, and then "fession," when you fess up, you speak, you talk. So it's this idea of agreeing with what has been said. God has said that He is the Creator of all things. Well, we confess, which means we agree with what He's spoken, that that's true. God says that He sent His Son Jesus down the cross for us to save us from our sins we agree with that, we confess that, and therefore, we believe it. So, this idea of belief must be wed with the idea that something has been spoken that is true. Because as I joked before, I could say that I'm I'm a a believer in in the ancient aliens, you know, brought life to earth. I can say that. I I don't, by the way. But I can say that, and I can believe that. And maybe some of you do. Uh, And we'll, we'll talk to you later about that. But, You know, just because you believe something, unless it's based upon an immutable truth, then you really can't confess it. God is true. Jesus is true. The Holy Spirit, the gospel is true. Jesus is the Christ. He died on the cross for us. He lived a perfect life. He rose from the grave, and he's standing at the right hand of the throne, and he's coming back again. Now, those are all things. and amen that Brother Charles just said is a form of confession. And that he's saying he's agreeing with it. How about the rest of you? Amen. All right. More than likely. Let's hear more of that. So we're confessing. We're agreeing with that. That's the belief test. So number one, if you, if you want to know that you're going to heaven, where you're going, you've got to confess Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. There is no other way. Jesus I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. The next one is the, uh, the birthmark of change. If you are truly born again, there's going to be a difference. 1 John two twenty nine, everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 2 Corinthians five seventeen, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. There should be a difference in your life from before you met Christ and after you have met Christ. If you're the same person, you go to the same places, drink the same stuff, smoke the same stuff. Hope you're not smoking the same stuff. But, you know, doing whatever you've been doing before and you're still doing that, you're still talking negatively, you're still critical, you're still looking at immoral things, then I would question your salvation. Now, that's me personally. I think the Scriptures gives indication that that is a warning. If your life does not reflect the the confession that you've made, if you don't act that then all you're doing is talking but not, not acting. You know, you've got, to, you've got to walk the talk. And so what we're talking about here is, is, so evaluate your life. Is there a change? Or does, when the world looks at you, they just think you're just, just like them. They're regular. You're a nice person. You're just, you're just a good person. They, needs to be, they need to be able to see a difference in you. And you need to be able to be confident in that. So there needs to be a change in your life. Like the story I read of uh, Pacific Garden Mission. Some of you may remember the Pacific Garden Mission up north. Uh, It's been forever, and they have, every Sunday morning, they do a little story time with kids. Uh, But this this is the story of how they would go into the streets and minister to the really downtrodden and poor. Well, backing up the story, there's a a boy named Jimmy who grew up in Indiana. Uh, The Pacific Garden Mission is in Illinois, just above it. But he was a farm boy, good boy. He went to church, knew about Jesus, but never really got into it that much. You know, he knew the facts, and he was a good guy. But he worked on a farm, and one summer, a summer worker came in who introduced him to drugs, cocaine, and all types of those things. Well, it wasn't long before he was hooked. And he and that guy went off and went to Chicago and began to live on the streets where there was a, prolific amount of drugs, which still is today. And he lived underneath some of the houses in some of the little gutters area, and so he was named Jimmy the Rat. That's what they called him because he just lives in the gutter. He was, he, he was so stoned and so knocked out. But one night as he was sitting in his little bunk underneath there, he heard some singing. Pacific Garden Mission, a little mission team that was going through, was singing songs and inviting them to come to the mission. Something stirred in him, and he remembered hearing those hymns as a child, and he realized he's got to change. So he stepped out, went up there and says, I need you to pray with me. I need help. So they prayed with him. They brought him to the mission. They talked with him and shared with him. He accepted Christ, and his life was changed. He gave up the drugs, went back home, got cleaned up, married a nice girl and had kids. And in the little devotion that I was reading the other day, it says the children would often be heard saying, and thank you, God, for the Pacific Guard mission who introduced my daddy to Jesus. A difference. Is your life different? It should be, because it should match your confession. Next is the birthmark of compassion. Birthmark of compassion. The verse is uh, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Christians, you probably remember the old song I know when I was grow, uh, growing up as a teenager. We used to sing the song around the campfire. They are, know we are Christians by our love. You see, that's the birthmark of someone who is assured of their salvation and is a true Christian. Compassion will be in their life. We're to love one another, care for one another, encourage one another. And as I mentioned before, one thing I want for this church is to be known as a church that loves. But love is challenging sometimes, especially in families and in business, but even in church. Sometimes we don't all agree. I know that hardly ever happens here, but when it happens here, we don't agree. How do you respond? Are you sharp to get your opinion out there and push your way? Do you kind of assume that the other person is meaning something critical or negative? Or do you give them the benefit of the doubt and apply mercy and grace and say, listen, there, we have a little disagreement. We have something that's changed, but I love you. You're special to God. And let's work this out see, if we come at this with the right attitude, we're going to, we, it can make a difference. Because we're trying to welcome people into our church. And what, some of the reasons why we're doing so much things with the atrium and outside of things, not just to make it look good for us, because most of us are pretty happy the way things are. But you see, the world out there is what we're trying to reach. We're trying to impress you. We want people who are not used to what to come in and say, hey, you know, they must really think, you know, this religion, and church is important because they, 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 they fix it up. It makes me feel welcome. And then when we come, they come in, we make them feel welcome. We accept them. We work with them. We talk with them. We sit with them. Compassion must overrule your opinion and your agenda. Compassion must be the key. And that's what I want for myself. I want that for you and for us. And then next is the birthmark of conflict. Now I know it's kind of unfortunate to put compassion and conflict together, but Scripture says, in this world you will have tribulations. Okay, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But 1 John 5.4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Romans 8.37, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, I'm saying those things is because conflict is going to come. And we talked about before. A lot of times we think, in and, and that first message I said, you know, a lot of times when you, when you follow Christ and you obey him, you kind of logically think, well, God should take care of me and, and bless me. And I, I, all these problems and these issues should kind of just go away. Well, they can. But that you can't mandate God and tell him what you want for your life. You can pray. You can seek. There's going to be conflict, especially if you confess Christ, you live a changed life, and you show compassion. Well, people are going to disagree with your belief or to think you're using love and compassion to sort of manipulate them. Conflict is going to come. Conflict in your family, in our church, friendships, neighbors and people around us. Conflict is a normal aspect of life. Actually, I should say abnormal aspect because it's it's different. It's out of the normal, but that's that's sort of what what we we have in this life. So there are going to be troubles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be conflicts. There's going to be people disagree with you. There's going to be people that dis- say things you don't like, and uh, that, that that try to set you off. But if you truly confess and you change and compassion is in your heart, you're going to respond differently. Rather than try to get your point across and say, i got to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to push my way, you stop back and say, how can I show Christ's love in this situation? It doesn't mean you, you give in to everything. doesn't mean you just walk away from everything. It means that you lovingly address it and see what is the best situation. Try to understand where that person is coming from. And then lastly is the birthmark of conduct. That's your actions test. Now, I forgot to, uh, to go through all these, but you got the belief test, the behavior test, the love test, the adversity test, and then this is the lifestyle test to see if you are born again. First uh, John 3 9 says, Whoever has been born of God does not continually live in sin. First John 5:18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not continue to sin. But is, born, but, God, but is born of God who keeps him. Now, that, that, those two verses are kind of tricky. Some people are focused on the idea that you should never sin at all. Well, that is God's plan. <laughs> he wants us to be perfect. He wants us to not sin. But we do fail. We do sin. But it should not be one a lifestyle that we just live in it and we just continue in that sin. We may occasionally fall, but when we do, we recognize it, we uh, repent, we do everything we can, read scriptures and get people around us to help us not to fall in that again. But if there's a sin in your life that you're just keeping on, keeping on with, I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'm saying that's a, that's a trouble sign in your spiritual relationship. We need to conduct ourselves in a way that is pleasing to God and that helps us to understand that. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. You see, that blessed assurance that I talked about earlier, God wants us to have that. I want you to have that. But you have to choose. I can't force you. You have to confess and believe and follow these steps and make sure that these are in your life and to reinforce that. It's your decision. The ball is in your court in a sense. God is saying, I want you to have confidence and assurance. I want you to know that your name is written in the book of heaven and that if you will die right now or when you walk out that door, then you know the next thing you're going to open your eyes to is Jesus on the, next to the throne of God. That can be yours. I'm not talking about being a Baptist or Catholic or a Methodist or whatever church membership. Any of those are fine. But you've got to be born again, and you've got to ha- make that decision. And I, and when you do, when you make that decision, then this can be your confession. Uh, of faith that uh, that we have is that we can have this blessed assurance of what it is uh, of that one. Uh, Travis, take us there. There we go out right there. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. We're fixing to have an invitation time. I'm going to go into that in just a moment. But see, if we make this confession, then this. Uh, I think my thing is off. Take me to the next slide. My clicker's not working right. Right there. This is what we sang earlier. This phrase, this could be your story. It's not your story unless you've chosen to make it your story until you accept and confess. Would you sing this with me one more time? This is my story. This is my
1: song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the
0: day long. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.